the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. Let's go, baby. What's up, everybody? This week on Just a Bit Outside, we have NFL legend Menelik Watson to talk about this week's college football picks. And we also talk about, is the NCAA corrupt? Is money ruining the college football game? You guys have been exploiting fucking college athletes and making money off them for years. Wait, I love that point. Like, yeah, like, so some guy signed some autographs, which should be his right. It's his image. Yeah. You're not going to want to miss this show. It was a heater with Menelik Watson. Thank you for tuning in to Just a Bit Outside. Smash that like and subscribe button. Or, or I'm going to send Menelik to your house and he's like 6'9, 400 pounds. Don't want that. Subscribe. Your boy. You were there. You were there. Were you there the year they won the national title? I should know that. No, I was it. I was there. I was there the year before. I was there. We won Orange Bowl and the ACC championship. But Jameis was a freshman, redshirt freshman um, did, that year. Did you feel? Yeah. Was there? Were you watching that? Where were you watching that game? And did you feel bad? Were you like, God, I fuck should have stayed one more year? <laughs> no, you know what's funny? I actually didn't feel bad. Um, I was in Belize, actually. Believe it or not, I just played my rookie year. That doesn't suck. I had a up and down rookie year, bro. Just muscle tears and all kinds of injuries that I never had before. So at the end of the year, I actually took off with my girlfriend at the time and her family went to Belize for, for a holiday. Funny story, I actually got stuck in Belize that trip because I forgot to go home and get my new visa. So I went out there on a different visa, tried to enter the country. But I watched the national championship in a hotel at the back of a Chinese restaurant. What did you have that night? What I have to, <laughs> what I have to eat? Yeah. I, I got some like I got some uh, fried rice. What else did I get? Some nudes? I don't really trust too many different menus on the Chinese menu sometimes. So I just do, if I'm unsure, if I don't know them too well, I'll just do fried rice and wings. That's it, mate. You gotta go Keep sesame it chicken, man. Because at least if it's pigeon, yeah, I can eat that. I can digest that. Pigeon. Did you say pigeon? Pigeon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone knows pigeon is the best. Yeah, uh, so Florida State. Um, okay, top 25 picks this week for college, Matty. I'm going to have you clip this today. Uh, because Menelik and I are going to be on college game day soon. Give it a year, Herbie Herbstreet. I'm coming on board the team. Uh, Make room. Let's go. Uh, Okay, at number – we're going to start at the bottom and work our way to the top. We got 23 Pitt against Western Michigan. Who you like? Oh, I like Pitt. I like Pittsburgh. I think think they – They look strong right now, bro. It's at Western Michigan. Really high first week. Really high first week. I think they came down off that high a little bit. Went to play Tennessee. Gave Tennessee a really good game as well. But, you know, I think um, back to the drawing board for them. And I think they'll go out here and put on a show. Um, Their quarterback looks strong. He was the guy last year who did the fake slide. uh, Invented his own move. (laughs) Uh, No, he's actually, that's Pickett, right? Pickett's in in Pittsburgh. That's that's Pitt, right? Yeah, but but that that quarterback Pickett. Is now um, he got drafted. Yeah, so whole new quarterback actually had a pretty. I mean, let me put a punch. The defense really hasn't done enough to stop anyone really, but I think they're going to get better as the season goes. Almost getting comfortable as well. Okay, I like Pitt too, Matty. You're going to have to you're going to have to clip this for one minute and stylize it. But maybe we just do the top five picks this weekend for the actual clip. Uh, We got Penn State at Auburn. Ooh, (laughs) I'm going to go Auburn on this one. It's at, Auburn. it's at Auburn. And they're 2-0 as well. So, yeah, I'll tell you what, it's going to be a bad burn. I'll tell you what, it's going to be a physical game. You know, I think whoever, both of them are 2-0, whoever loses 
it might trickle into the rest of the season for him, to be honest. Yeah. So, and and yeah. mentally, for those who who you know, like uh, pro football fans versus college football, you played college football. I just think this is one of the things that makes college football so magic. Why I love the game so much is. It feels like every week matters for these teams. I mean, you, you coach at a team where last week was a tough loss, and obviously that can reverberate through your entire season. I think this yep. is, you're right, this is one of those games that could make or break the season for both of these guys. Can you, can you speak to that a little bit, how college football and every game is just so important for these guys? Yeah, do you know, what, you know why it's really important as well? Because especially the pros, you get more time to get the details down, get the, you know, you're watching film constantly. And, you know, in college, you know, these guys have classes, they got other stuff going on and then they come in for like an hour and 20, 30 minutes to really understand what we're trying to get done this week, what the defense could do, what the offense could do. Then we get out there and practice it's our full speed. So, and you only get 12 of them. Yeah, so, if you're not prepared to take advantage of all 12 matches, I mean, you know, nowadays as we see, you lose four games, you're barely playing in a meaningful bowl game these years. Right. But the, but the, the schedule is so much different too, right? In the pros, you can have four or five, six, seven. I mean, the Giants one year won the Super Bowl with a, with a 500 record. In college, you can lose one game against yes. a power school and not be considered for the college football playoff. Exactly. But let's talk about the fact that they've expanded the playoffs. I think that's really big. I think it's, it's time for inclusion. Did they already you know? expand it or is the conversation still ongoing? It's, all, it's been agreed. I think they're going to do it in 2024, I believe. It's going to go to a 12-team 12, 12 playoff now. Which I which love. For. I love, right? You're for it. Yeah, I'm here for all that. Yeah. I absolutely love it. So you're saying, you know, I didn't even think about that. That's tough. It's like a part-time job for them still compared to the pros because yeah. they got school. Yeah. They got everything. I mean, I'm talking super limited meeting time, right, to really go over the final details of what, what we could be presented by this team coming in. Right, so that and, and and now that you know um, a lot of conferences, a lot of conferences are intermingling in a non-conference. You know, we've seen in the first couple of weeks. You know, Alabama going to Texas, right? Great we game. all know Texas was a rank, but I mean that's a hell of a team over there. And Alabama took that risk to go over to play this this team, and things were looking really great for Alabama for a while. So I think for I think maybe teams might start rethinking these schedules, or I think it could be a great thing for college football that they continue to push these schedules. Well, Chris, too, they have what's, what's to me, what's great about the college game is that to, on this particular example, Alabama goes to Texas. If te and just to add color to that, I think if Texas's starting quarterback doesn't go out, they hit, they hit one more field goal on that fucking terrible safety call in the end zone. Right. Goes oh, the other yeah. way. Texas wins. It changes the whole dynamic of Alabama season. They may or may not make the college football playoff. Although, as strong as they are, they may still make it. And that's what I love about college football is that every week, every game means something. Yeah. And it feels like sometimes in the NFL, those first few games can be throwaway games. The intensity is not as high. Yeah. Right. right? The stadium's not as, as wide. Like there was 105,000 people there going insane. Yeah. We got to go to a game. We got to get into college. We're coming to College Station to see a game with our boy. Man, like I need, Absolutely. I need a team, man, because I, I don't really watch college football. Texas and I, like, I need to pick a team because then Texas A and M, Florida State. <laughs> I'm gonna give you my picks, and then you can't go wrong with Alabama because, to be honest, Alabama played great football. You know, I, I, yeah, but I his like, but his boss like is a Georgia team. fan. Yeah, I think like, Georgia's I, I, a team. <laughs> oh no, no, Georgia, Georgia's probably. Really Let's go, baby. Let's go, dogs. <laughs> Let's go, dogs. Hey, man, hey, repeat. Hey, they got, they got three tight ends. You are gonna be NFL guys. 
incredible. You see number zero? Bro, that the guy who's 6'7", 290 pounds, who's leapfrogging yeah. people on the field, that guy? Oh, God, stop that, it. Oh, man. This guy's a beast. I mean, I mean, what you do with that as a linebacker? What you do with that? Fucking close your eyes and try to put your head down. Keep an- <laughs> keep an- keep anthrax in your pants and try to <laughs> try to poison him on the field. I don't know. That guy's unstoppable. I did see that. That guy was just a truck running yeah, down the field. Insane. Okay, awesome. a couple years ago, he was not that big, so he's put some work in. Yeah, dude, the guy's a, the guy's an animal. He's gonna go in the first round, um, especially if he has a good season. So, okay, number t- we got uh, Texas versus UTSA. Texas. Yeah, me too. I like the Longhorns. Go yeah, Horns. I think gonna, yeah, I think they're going to pull a whooping on them. Uh, Old Miss at Georgia Tech. I like Ooh. Ole Miss. I like Ole Miss. I like that. I like that. Um, we still got some, we saw some matchups this week that are some of those non-conference kind of layout yeah, games. Yeah, they kind of getting those, uh, those early wins out of the way, kind of. Yeah, I got uh, Wake Forest versus Liberty. I got Wake Forest. Wake Forest, yeah. You know, Hopefully they they run shot and get you know you know these games are good for though these these early like Liberty the Wake Forest Liberty right the the the, the, the Alabama versus Utah State these games are really good to like really put things out there get feelers out there maybe run a couple of plays that weren't necessarily successful in training camp and get the young guys in as well because you know as you know once you get down the line and conference play you know that's when you really need to start tightening up the depth chart and you know certain guys got to understand where their role is on the team. Yeah, get that experience in for the younger guys. For sure. Absolutely. And now that you're coaching, bro, what are some of the things you're looking for in the team to gel? Like, what what are some of the things you're trying to iron out uh, in these uh, this week coming leadership. into the bigger conference games? Leadership, man, leadership. You know, I, I talk to young guys a lot, and I say, you know, I having a conversation with one of the kids in, in, in camp, and they were talking about NFL rosters, and, and I'm like, yeah, you know, you know, because in college you got like 110 guys on the team including the walk-ons and stuff like that. So, you know, when you go to a, when you go places, sometimes we don't take the walk-ons, but, you know, we'll travel with 70, 80 guys, Damn. right? And we'll go to teams. But when you're in the NFL, it's like there's only, you know, the active guys and maybe, you know, uh, six, five, seven, seven backups, you know, and you go to these hostile environments where you've got grown men swearing at you, cussing you out. And you really go in there and it feels like you're going for <laughs> war, you know, and, so what you look for is, when you say grown men, do you mean do you mean six six three hundred and fifty pounds like you? Because that's scary. I, I get like yeah. work. <laughs> yeah, right. Sounds like my I job. Why you screaming you at me? Like we go in the star of a building, and, and so as young guys, as, as college players, like you're really looking for leadership, right? Because you know we're going to go to some of these tough SEC environments, and you need to have guys that when everything starts, right, we somehow go down fourteen points. Who's going to turn around mm. instead of saying, let's go and just grab the group, put everyone's head onto the plays, keeping it simple. And Man, like when you, just, when you say leadership, what does that mean? So in practice, what are you looking for? I mean, you know, when I, when, when I see leadership, I was never a rah-rah guy. I was, a, I was always a quiet guy. Um, I would bring wild energy sometimes if I was just in a good, good mood, I just run around, jump and hit people and stuff. But <laughs> I, I, I'm not talking about like, um, you know, if, if we're having a bad period or a bad practice, is someone going to say, hey, listen, you know, is someone going to bring him in and say, hey, guys, we need to fucking step our shit up. We need to, you know, let's fix this shit. Let's, hey, you know, if, if the protection's looking sloppy, let's say something, right? If guys aren't running the wrong routes, who's going to be the one to get guys lined up? 
you know, and, 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 and you know, because it doesn't have to be the coach. It can't be the coaches all the time. Yeah. Like I said, it, when, like when we're away and we're in a away game and shit's not going well and we're just running you guys out there, giving you personnel, giving you formations, giving you plays, who in the huddles is going to say, hey, let's get our shit going. You know what I mean? And that's what you look for, especially in football. You need someone who's going to be able to bring the group together so when we're out there, we feel like a like a unit, you know what I mean? Like a like a fucking band of yeah. animals going to hunt. Is there a you know, you played a long time. Is there anybody you wanna shout out that you think was like the best at that? Any of the teams you played with? I'm kinda curious on that. Best at what? Oh man. Like leader on the field, you know, like somebody that was like refocusing everybody. I feel like there's yeah. gotta be somebody you remember that was always great at it. Yeah, say Jameis Winston in that in college football in terms of a leader, eh? Yo, and, and like Winston, Winston was doing it as a retro freshman. I was actually having this, telling someone this uh, in the building two days ago, how when he was a retro freshman the year I was there, he would, if we were having issues, any unit that was having issues as a redshirt, he would walk to each unit. So if the receivers are having a little tough drive, he'll go over to receivers, listen to what the coach is saying, what he's talking to the guys about, then he might interject with his own little piece. If the O-line was struggling, he might come over, you know, and, and, and say something. If You know, he was just like that, you know, and, and there was a st- I, I don't know if I told you guys, but, you know, um, when I when we was, when I was in college, I, I can't remember the game. It might have been Duke or one game. And we had, like, two bad drives in a row. And, you know, I was the guy, like, when I come off the field, I'm like, I'm like a raging bull, right? I don't see the high fives and the high pats. Don't touch me. You know, I'm walking <laughs> through people. I want to get to my station. I want to sit down. I want to blow my steam off. How I need to blow it off. Get my mind right. To get ready for the next series. And Jameis, after every drive, good or bad, he would run out onto the field. He'd give guys high fives. You know, he'd encourage guys who need encouraging, right? And then, so one day, I think that game, I'm walking off, and he comes out, give me a high five, and I'd usually give him a high five, and I just walk right past him, and I go sit down on the bench, and my old line coach, uh, Rick Trickett, one of the greatest old line coaches in the world, he was, you know. MFing us and motherfucking us and you know because we were we were practicing like shit and um you know after he's done cussing us out uh, I'm sitting there with my head down and I see someone's feet like right beside me and they haven't left the whole time so as I'm like got my head together I, I look up and it's James and he's just standing over me and he's just staring at me and I'm looking at him <laughs> and he goes hey bro I know you're frustrated. I get it, bro. But uh, you know, I know, I know it's not going right right now. But hey, man, if I, you know, I'm here for you, bro. And if like you don't have to walk past me when I'm trying to give you a high five. And at the time, I'm looking at him. Well, you know, I'm, I'm older, and uh, he's a freshman. And my first thought is, who's he talking to? <laughs> and then, and then, and then I, before my ego got involved, I said, I looked down and I looked about. I said, "You're right. My bad. I'm sorry, bro." He's like, "I got you." He's like, "I love you, bro." I said, "I love you too." With that, and I was like, wow. Yo, that's big as a freshman, because if anyone listening has played college sports, as a freshman, you're usually getting picked on, you're being told to <laughs> right. shut up, you're, right. you know, and to, to have that sort of uh, maturity as a freshman is, is huge. Yeah. I, I just thought to myself, this guy's a leader. He's a natural leader. Because he, because like I said, most people would stay away from me at that point. You know what I mean? Like, when I, especially when I was having my little episodes, but mm. he stood right, and he never left my side. He stood right there as we were getting chewed out by the online coach. And then a couple of minutes after I was sitting there with my head down, I look up and he's still right there. And he 
had to say it was on his heart because as a, as a guy who was a leader, who viewed himself as a leader, he just had to let me know that I'm here for you and how much it hurt his spirit to be ignored while he's trying to be encouraging. So I, like I just that. knew from that day, I was like, this guy's going to be great. He's going to be great. Mm. But he was. Yes. Yeah. That's a cool story. That, like you yeah, probably haven't yeah. told a bunch of. I've been telling that story forever. I'll never forget that story. <clears throat> yeah. So everything he's doing in the NFL doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Love it. You got some funny sound bites though. I do tell you that. I love his sound bites. I'm here for more. <laughs> uh, when they asked him about, they asked him where the pain was. Yeah, everywhere. Pain everywhere. <laughs> Gotta get through it. He's telling the uh, truth. And you know what? So people find it absolutely hilarious. And I'm like, I mean, he's just telling you the truth. He's just I think it's the way he delivered it. Like, like a, <laughs> like, right? Like Peyton would go, you know, it hurt. He's very business. It hurts everywhere. We got a lot to fix uh, in the, into the next game. We're a lot to work on. Jameis looked like he was like, he was like, it's everywhere. It was, I think it was the way <laughs> that he like said it. Because- yeah, you know why? Because he missed a bunch of football last year and it hurt his spirit. And now he's back out he's there. He's just hyped. He's yeah. the pain, baby. Yeah. He's loving it. Yeah. He's just hyped to be back on the playground. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, let's jump to the top 10. So we got Arkansas. Um, let's see. Arkansas, Missouri State. Yeah, Arkansas. Arkansas looking really good this year. They look really uh, good. And they, I uh, love their yeah. coach. Yeah, we see we see them next week in in AT and T Stadium. So, oh boy, they're oh. looking really good. They're looking like a team that's on a mission. So, it looks like they've um, bought into the program too. They've bought into the coach. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and, I mean, when's the last time we can say that about Arkansas? Probably maybe what uh, Darren McFadden. Darren McFadden. I was gonna say McFadden, who was Long a time. beast in college. That guy was so. That guy was so good. Uh, I love the coach too. They asked him after a game, what, what is he going to do? And he's kind of a Southern boy. And he was like, I'm going to go get an ice cold beer. <laughs> and it's become like a theme. At their, yeah. <laughs> um, another program that looks incredibly good this year. That is not generally regarded as a football program. Uh, Kentucky versus young. Oh, I didn't even make my pick. I got Arkansas as well. Kentucky versus young Youngstown state. Kentucky. Yeah, they're going to yeah. roll. Coach, Coach Stoops. Uh, you know, Stoops was my uh, D coordinator when I was at Florida State. Nice. I feel yeah, like so uh, he, I know what type of message he's bringing over there. You know, And they're on a roll. And Kentucky's one of the teams, like you said, uh, you know, you know, uh, they, they're an interesting team because once SEC play starts and they get hit in the mouth a couple of times, they kind of rear, but they, they never really fall. You know what I mean? They get they stumble a lot, you know, but yeah. they never really, really fall. And they really got to start making that push to win that side of the SEC. Yeah, they look good this year. Oklahoma State versus Arkansas, Pine Bluff. I obviously got Oklahoma State. (laughs) I've never even heard of Pine Bluff. This is the other thing in college football, not to bring up something too soon, but sometimes these small schools, let's talk about that real quick. Sometimes these small schools are so up for a game that unlike the NFL, you you can have these massive upsets. Yes. And you and I were texting last week and you said yeah. some you said some cool things about that. Why do you think sometimes that is? Why every year there's always this this uh I won't even say their name because they did it to Michigan a few years ago. Uh but why in Arkansas Pine Bluff might be able to stun in Oklahoma State? Well, first of all, Arkansas Pine Bluff are putting up a lot of points this year. They actually got a really good offense and the reason why these schools can come in and create these upsets, a la App State, Texas A&M, sometimes it's, it's got nothing to do with X's and O's, right? It's a lot mentally. 
some of these small schools, you got to understand, they, the way they build their programs all the time is based on four, five-year-long extended plans. Let's think about the uh, the, the, US, the U, UCF team that was undefeated, right, which killed Thompson, uh, Griffin, sorry, killed Griffin. You know, a bunch of juniors and seniors, remember they beat Auburn in the um, bowl game and they called themselves the national champions the year Alabama won, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Basically, that was a bunch of team of juniors and seniors, you know, and, and, and when you've got a team that's been together for a long time and they're upperclassmen, they carry a certain pride. So you go into a, you go into a hostile environment like, um, like Oklahoma State as Arkansas Pine Bluff. And we've got juniors and seniors who have been through this program for, for three to four, four, three to four years, sometimes five years. Now, the juniors and seniors aren't in fear. They're going out there to compete. Now, what ends up happening is when you're a smaller school, sometimes you don't have the depth. Whereas, like a school like uh, uh, an, an Arkansas or a, you know a, a, a Power Five team might be deep, right? Your first string's really good. Your second string's pretty good. Your third string's a really good talented freshman. Whereas a team like Arkansas Pine Bluff, you might have a really good starting group, been together for a long time, played a lot of football. Um, but then once you sub those guys out, you don't have that same confidence or type of athlete in your second string. So that sometimes can create separation when these small schools go to play the big schools. Now, when you've got a collective group and everyone buys in and everyone believes, then that's when you get a recipe for an upset. Right. And I don't like the word upset. I don't, do, do, I don't, I've never... Do you, do you think some of those big schools, we were talking last week too, It's it's a fo- it can be just a focus issue. You know, sometimes uh, getting up for what seems like a small test for these guys uh, is sometimes one of the hardest things in coaching, I would imagine. Um, but yeah, yeah, you think it's a, fo- it's a focus issue for some of these big programs, right? Yeah, sometimes it's a, it's a, respect, it's a respect issue. And, um, and what, but I think the biggest thing is maturity. It's a maturity issue because – you know, you know, uh, mature guys, you know, when you've got a team, you could be, uh, you could be Ole Miss and you've got a bunch of juniors and seniors. There's a level of urgency that these guys have because they understand it's limited. Now, when you've got a bunch of freshmen and sophomores, the urgency is not necessarily there because these guys are really trying to, they're trying to figure out what practice is like. You know, they're trying to figure out the tempo. They're trying to understand the depth of college football and what it's really all about. You know, you're really trying to, refine yourself so you can get ready for the pros so excuse me um so these these guys can can underestimate what it means and the fact that every game is important you know yeah that's what leads to you going out and not performing to your best and and with some of these small schools when you give them an opportunity they start to believe, you know what I mean? And once they start to believe, man, they, I mean, it's like a train. It's like hard to stop. Yeah. It's hard to stop. Uh, SC Lincoln Riley's SC versus who do we got? Fresno state. Ooh, SC. I think it might be a shootout though. Fresno have been pretty feisty last couple Fresno's years. always kind of tough. Uh, yeah, we used to play fun. them in Nevada. Oh, uh, yeah. and, uh, quarterback for the Raiders is from Fresno car car. Derek. My old car. I'm the receiver. My old car. That's my twin. Dude, where's my car? I get called Derek Carr. <laughs> <laughs> um, I got SC. Lincoln Riley, I mean, his arrival at SC has got everyone hyped that SC is going to be the dynasty again. Back to the Reggie Bush days. I think what he's doing at SC is amazing. Yeah. Uh, they obviously look like they're bought in. Uh, their first two games have been blowouts. They beat Stanford by, you know, 41 to 28. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got SC in this one. Uh, and then doesn't, it, doesn't it feel nice to have, like, good football on the West again? It you does, bro. I mean? Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, with the SEC and ACC and, and, and the South dominating football, it does feel good to have uh, – I mean, and even Oregon bounced back with Bo Nix – they got yeah. absolutely crushed by my Bulldogs. Let's go, dogs. <laughs> go dogs. Dude, and, and the dogs look so good that first game. But then Oregon bounces back and wins huge their next game. So I think it was a learning lesson for Oregon. You got Oregon and SC in the Pac-10, Pac-12, Pac-10. Um, I call it Pac-10. It's Pac-12, but it's Pac-10 to me. Yeah. Pac-10. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to change my ways. Uh, Oklahoma, Nebraska. <laughs> I, look, I got to say, um, for all you Nebraska fans, I, I don't like you. The Huskers? I'm not a fan. I don't like you guys. I think you're fucking weird. Hey, Anthony. Anthony Smith's going to be calling in right Hey, now. Anthony, fuck you. Uh, your program sucks. Uh, I think the whole Cornhusker thing is weird. Uh, I think you guys, I think it's over. The dynasty's over at Nebraska. Uh, so I'm going to root against Nebraska no matter what. So. Uh, let's go. Oh, you. A coachless Nebraska. Uh, I don't think they stand a chance, but you know, but you never know. It could be riding on that emotional high. Uh, we lost our coach. Let's do it for the new guy and all that stuff. Ben and like, I love your optimism, but I think we should take him out back and shoot, <laughs> shoot him in the face and put him out of their fucking misery. Oh, <laughs> Fuck you, oh, Nebraska. Just got a little hot this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Those guys take that serious out there, too. We might have some people. Yeah, why don't you guys have another yeah. Larry the Cable Guy concert instead of playing football? Because you guys are done. <laughs> um, we got Clemson versus Law Tech. Again, I used to play Law Tech in college. I don't know how they're doing this year, they're, they're, but they're probably going to get just wiped by Clemson. Yeah, yeah. I think Clemson are rolling right now. Law Tech have had a couple good showers early, but, you know, Clemson's defense shows up and shuts down the offense. That's like always just around a good offense for some reason. I don't know what it is, but offense is good, and sometimes it's the defense that lets them down, so shit, the defense going to have to show up versus Clemson. Uh, one of my favorite coaches at Michigan this week against UConn. Who? UConn, yeah, this isn't even a close matchup. <laughs> About to be a blowout. Yeah. Um, Ohio State, Toledo. How confident are we in, uh, in Ohio State this year? Oh man, um, I mean they they look good. I mean, uh, I'm confident in them. I know they got some young players on the team, uh, but the, the first two games to me they look really strong. Uh, I feel like Ohio State's always one of those teams too that gets better as the year goes. I right, mean, I know that's right. the goal for every team, but Ohio <laughs> yeah. State, Ohio State's notorious for. Momentum. Well, they come out sometimes slow, and yeah. it even happened with Urban Meyer where they even had a couple – they had one national championship where they lost a game early, um, mm. a bunch of close games during the season, um, and then they always finish incredibly strong and ended up making it to the college football playoff. Um, yeah. What about you? You, you? you see some holes in their, in their armor, some chinks in the armor? I do. I, I, I do. I, I'm The Stroud kid, I like him, but I don't love him. And I think I think the the overconfidence in this kid is, is something missing for me. Um, but that's just my opinion. Is he kid. a sophomore this year? I believe so. Yo, and my so, friend Tesla, she sees it, she's gonna be mad as hell because she's a crazy um, Ohio State fan. <laughs> but I'm not convinced yet. 
sorry. <laughs> uh, well, it'd be cool oh, no. if we could get the whole crew. Uh, you know, a game you should see, Mosey. Uh, if you're talking about seeing a big college football game, is Michigan at the U or Ohio State at the Big House. I mean, I don't think it gets any better than that. Yeah. Especially when they're both, you know, in the top five. I want to. Yeah, I want to go to a game this year. We're going. Let's go. Yeah. Go with I me. mean, I mean, we're 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 our good friend, mentally coaches too. College Station, home of the 12th man, 110,000 fans. I mean, I, I don't think it gets any better than Texas A&M. Yeah, yeah I, I, didn't, I didn't tell you yet, but I'm going to come visit you this year because I've never been to a college game, so I got to go to one. Yeah. No, you definitely. Let's get it done, bro. And let's we're going to make it real college. We're going to sleep on your floor and beer bomb beers. I'm going to show up like I'm going to show up like I'm like 12, though, and have every yeah, piece of gear from the school. I'm like hat, <laughs> banner. Solid, fellas. Let's do it. You have to. Popcorn in I, my I hand. missed the whole college thing. I never got to tailgate. You know what I mean? So. What? Yeah, bro, That's we're cool. coming. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So, oh, I meant to ask you. Um, before we get into the next two picks, big ones. Uh, one of the one of the questions that always inevitably comes up with college football, and you, you know, I like the I like what's happening now where they where they're allowing players to make money. I, I do love that because these programs of I, I don't know if they've necessarily exploited people, and maybe we talked about this once, but. Uh, yeah. I do like the fact that these guys get to make money. I know back in when I was in college, it was even worse. You know, guys really struggled sometimes to yeah. even even scholarship players with like stipends and stuff. It was never that great. Right. And then if if you're trying to make honor roll and you're trying to be a good student on top of all the, the travel and the games, which has gotten even worse with television, it can be really tough to be a college football athlete. And so I do love that they're making money. Do you think making money for these guys is like like with CJ Stroud? Do you think it's because money's involved that he's too cocky now? Do you, do you think the money that they get to make now changes the game at all for these guys? You know what? I think it's give them a, I think it's give some of them a, a false sense of what the basis of them, of this mission is really. When, when we were playing, when we were in college, we was, it was a struggle, right? We didn't have nothing. We didn't have much. Me being an international student, I couldn't get fuck off, not even yeah. a cent, you know? And what do you mean? So like stipends like, and stuff? I, I, you know, I couldn't get no grants or nothing like that. You know, like mm. grant money and stuff like that. I couldn't get shit, right? When I was at my first school, it was a mid-major basketball school. I mean, I didn't get no check. I got zero check. Um, my scholarship went to room and board and food. So I didn't actually physically get no cash from the school. Man. Not a cent. Now, when I went to Florida State, I was there for a semester, but that was the first time I would actually get some cash from the school. And I would pay my rent. And then after I paid my rent, I'd be left with like a couple hundred dollars, you know, and, and I would stretch that if I needed to eat something outside of the fucking the training table or something like that. But now, like, watching these kids now get, you know, hundreds of thousands. Now, the thing is, is that these guys have to go get it. Like, they, you know, they have to go out, you know, they get outside, uh, you know, because the, co the coaches, we actually don't know what guys have. Mm. That's the misconception. Do, do like, you guys talk about it? That's a good question. Uh, no, being at no, such a big program, do you, it, no one talks about it. No, no one talks about it. It's like mm. taboo. We don't really, we don't know. Like I've asked a couple of kids, so I know a couple of kids that have them, that have NILs. And basically it's like, you know, um, you know, there's a great barbecue place here. When you guys come out, take it to called Cooper's uh, old time barbecue pit. And, you know, you know, I was speaking with the guys in there and they're like, yeah, a couple of guys have NILs basically like they go in there and they can get some free food. Right. Um, there's a chiropractor place out here. And this guy's like, 
oh yeah, these guys want to get free adjustments and all they have to do is just post me up and I'll, and I'll take care of them. They can, you know, I'm like, okay, so what it is now is you can negotiate your own things. I know some guys who have some things with car dealerships down here. Um, I know a guy who's got some clothing line stuff. So basically, if your mind is set on making money while you're in college, it's, it's at your own discretion. You can put the feelers out there. You can go to places and ask for this, ask for that. There's got some companies, if you're really good, that will just throw money at you because of who you are. So a guy like Stroud, uh, Bryce Young, these guys who are national stars, you know, you've seen college guys on, 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 on commercials nowadays, you know, so they can do that. There's no structure to it. And that's what really disappointed me mm. about this whole NIL thing. There's Meaning no like, it, like the free for all part of it could distract kids. Cause there is no yeah. basic, basically what the NCAA did, the lazy fuckers, <laughs> what they did is this. They said, Hey, we're tired of getting calls about this school doing this, this school doing that. Hey, I apparently this kid, uh, came to my store and got such and such, right? And he's the star football player at Penn State, or blah, 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 blah. So the NCAA got tired of having to uphold these standards and, you know, they would sweep a lot of things under the rug and if something became too big outlandish, i.e. Terrell Pryor at Ohio State, they step in, they got to go get a whole fucking judge and a whole fucking this. You're, talking about, the old, you're talking about the old rules, right? <laughs> yeah, the old rules. Yeah, yeah. They did all this extra shit to, to uphold the student, that the academic side and the student athletes are bullshit. You guys have been exploiting fucking college athletes and making money off them for years. Wait, and I love just, that point. Like, yeah, like so some guy signed some autographs, which should be his right. It's his image. Yeah. You're talking about the Ohio State. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, Meanwhile, you guys have been breaking rules football, since day one. Yeah. putting their body on the line every fucking week in the name of their university, right? And like I say, I always tell stories about Florida State. When I was at Florida State, I was there for a semester. We won fucking 12 games. We won an ACC, a national, uh, I mean, an Orange Bowl. We made $30 million for the school in two day, two games. At the end of the at the bowl game of the Orange Bowl, my roommate came in. We, his family came over to visit after the game. We They opened up the bar. I took one drink out. You know, the family had a couple of drinks and, you know, we were celebrating. We just won a fucking AC, uh, uh, Orange Bowl, right? So after the game, we go, we go back to Tallahassee. I leave, go off to start my pro training. All of a sudden, I get a call. Hey, uh, you owe the school $400 wow. for the mini bar being open. What? Oh, by the way, we're not going to release your transcripts until you pay it, you know, wow. to, release you to, to, to start the, the draft process. And for those I'm who like, don't oh, know, men, men and like it, that's because if, if they don't ask you for that reimbursement, they, they were breaking into CAA double a rules by essentially paying you off the field. Right. I don't know why stingy fuckers, but they didn't <laughs> wow. ask for $400 back when we just made you $20 million and we yeah. put our bodies on the line. Right. But I do understand that, but that's like my, that's my true uh, uh, view of it. That's fucking but gangster. Whole, they wouldn't release your transcripts for a hundred bucks. Wow. Well, yeah. A couple hundred dollars. Like oh, there's like $300 hundred. or something. That's insane. Yeah. And mind you, my roommate was going back cause he was an underclassman. He was a sophomore going into his junior year. So they weren't going to let him to allow him to play. And he had no money to, to pay. So I had to borrow money from my agent to pay this thing off. Man. And I was like, man, this is such bullshit. But You're like, I'll pay that's you back the whole thing of the NCAA. It sounds good. It looks good. They put on a, they wear a suit and they have a logo. So it makes you feel like they're official. Man, pile of bullshit. So what they did this year, absolutely ruined kids. I said they could have strategically put in a plan for college kids to 
have a pay scale type system where you tally up practice hours, academic achievements, game, bonuses for games won, bonuses oh, yeah. for uh, uh, championships won. Uh, you get bonuses for having for maintaining a certain level of GPA. And then what you do is every quarter of the year you run a you run like you have a special class for student athletes and have them have it all on a locking system. You don't have to physically pay them, right? But they have a they have a system where every quarter you guys go in, you might have a basic finance class. You might have someone come in and talk to them how to fucking file a fucking tax return. I love right? that. Right. You might have someone you might have someone come in and say, you know, a business owner, hey, this is how you start up a business. Hey, this is how you need to get you get, get your LLC, you do so on and so forth. Like every quarter, just teach them basic shit. So when that fucking safety who has who probably ain't gonna make it to the NFL, but has been in college for four or five years, won three conference championships, won four bowl games, you know what I mean? Um, you know, maintain a 3.5 GPA, a 3.2 GPA for his whole time, graduated with honors, got his grad school. Now when he walks away. It's like, hey, here's a $30,000 check. Here's a $50,000 check per the institute because we've tallied up all your practice hours. You've maintained the GPA. You've done this. You've done that. You've won this for the institution. Here's a check. So now a guy who's now got four or five years of, of basic finance understanding understands what a pay scale is, can now maybe take... And it, 50, I'm talking 50000 on a low end, right? You know, it could be even more than that, but... I'm just giving a reasonable number. A guy leaves college and he he, he doesn't feel like it was in vain. You know what I mean? Like yeah. you know how many you know how many guys make it to the NFL. You know how many guys are on a football roster. And I'm talking walk-ons too, because walk-ons go through it too. Walk-ons have to fucking practice. They gotta be there. They gotta practice hard. They still pay for their own school. You know what I'm saying? So, but when they leave and it's like, hey, by the way, you're not gonna be a pro. You're not gonna make that pro check. They just get left out into the world. Mind you, you've probably had no work experience because football's taken up your spring, summer, and fall. Right. So you don't know what it's like to fucking wake up and put a suit on every day and go to work and be there from nine to five. You have no real people skills because the only people you've really hung with are your football teammates. So now when they go out into the fucking world, it's like you just you like figure it out. Yeah, it's like oh, bro, by it's the like- way, thank you, thank you for for all the things you put your body through through the five surgeries you had the couple concussions you had you, you know can come saying? to like, you can come to the alumni dinner in a few years yeah yeah oh, oh, oh by the way and that's only if you guys want some stuff and by yeah. the way when you come to the alumni dinner we're gonna ask for you to donate some more money if you have it right yeah. now that you now that you made bro it. i love the structure you put in place because i feel like that structure it, it helps guys stay focused on the game versus hey if i can just get money and then kind of fuck off I love the structure, and it, it feels like what they do to people in the military. Like, hey, thanks for your service. You fought a war. Getting good, that good luck with life. And this is a conversation yeah. that comes up all the time, and I think it's because I didn't get a lot of help as I was coming up, and I wish people would have ta- started teaching me financial literacy or, hey, even what's next after the game. Wow, uh, I would yeah. even say guys who don't even play big programs because their whole life all they've been doing is playing football. And we talk about this a lot with fighters too. That's why I think James Krause's story is so cool yeah. that he had another thing after the thing. Like, and I think what Menelik right. is doing is so cool because he had his next thing ready. I'm, I'm going to coach college football. I'm going to do podcasts with the boys uh, <laughs> long term, and and I think that's cool. And I think they should be teaching that. I think I think it's a travesty that we we use people up like that. And there is no and they're basic guidelines, right? Like it's like it would be yeah. you're an institution of learning, and you're telling me you can't teach these guys some fucking basic life skills. <laughs> like you said, tax returns and stuff. Nobody ever teaches. No, them yeah. that. 
Nobody, like nobody. And, and it's not like, like certain things are a luxury, right? And I believe that it's, it's, it's on the people that fuck and have you and birth you should teach you certain things. And if they don't know it, they shouldn't be having kids. And if they do have kids, I, think I it's agree with you. that. It's on you to, to start to learn and start growing up and be like, okay, like I'm learning things because when my daughter gets, when it's time for my daughter to start doing stuff and start getting into business and start wanting to, I want to be able to teach her because no one taught me. So yeah. I'm literally walking the path, but I wasn't thinking about this when I had her. I didn't know basic shit. And I've had to learn as, as life goes on now, we are ahead of the curve. The NCAA is made Billions and billions and billions. I mean, shit, the, 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 the basketball, the NCAA basketball tournament alone, they grow billions off that. You know, Manly, do you know they say Michigan's, Michigan's, the university itself has a bigger GDP than most small countries. They have a oh. bigger economic impact as a college than most, than several top, than several countries. <laughs> See, right? So these kids, I'm, I'm talking about, and we all know what it's like to be an athlete. It's like, this shit sucks. It hurts. There's other shit you want to do. You don't have the time to do it. And the school's like, <laughs> hey, show up, practice. And, and the coaches, they want to be able to do it, but they're also trying to do their job. So these kids are really getting zero lessons. They're not getting no life lessons. They're getting, they're getting lessons through the sport, how to please, how to be tough. How to work through stuff? Yeah, how to yeah. how to how to control stuff? How to um, how to really show up? Basically, like sports is like, hey, this is how you show up. You got to show up when you don't want to, and that's okay because that work ethic translates into the workforce. However, it doesn't show up in the details of life. You know what I mean? Like, and there's a lot of details of life you could be teaching them. So why not? Come, if the NCA wasn't so fucking lazy. And they were, too, you know, I went. I remember when they first started talking about paying players, and I remember one of the college athletes advocated for kids to get paid and stuff like that. And I'm like, here's a perfect example. Kids here at Texas A&M, you know, I'm like, so what are you doing in your? Are you getting massage? Are you going to see chiropractors? Are because you, you, you're a pro. This is. I tell them, this isn't about college. This is about pro habits. So if you're if you run around and you jog back. That's not a pro habit. So I don't care how you're feeling. I love you, but I don't I can't care because at the next level, they're not gonna care. So if I care so much to let you slide by and not running back and getting yourself in tip-top shape, and you gotta start thinking like a pro because people aren't gonna tell you. They're just gonna let you go through life and then once you hear pitfall, they're gonna be like, damn, I'm sorry you went through that. Yeah. Bullshit. Bye. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, bye. It you know, sucks. It's bullshit. So the NCAA is doing a major disservice to these kids by just opening up the floodgates with this NIL shit. It's a fucking shit show. Mm. So let me ask you a question too. I think that you would be great at this, talking to some of these guys, because I know agents are stepping in now. A lot of the agencies are picking up a lot of these college players. And yeah. and you you know as well as I do, man, there's a lot of scumbags out there. Like, do you ever For have sure. those conversations with them? Like, hey, just because some guy comes out of nowhere offering you all these deals and everything, because a lot of these agents... I know what they're That's trying to do. That's how most guys lose their money. They have yeah. a homie who's like, dude, I got this idea for a uh, like a like a weave. This is a real story. This guy in Atlanta, we were um, pro football player, and his buddy wanted to open a chain of weave stores, like a franchise, and he gave him like four million bucks to do it. Never saw the money again. Yeah. So I mean, I think what a lot of these agents are doing too is they're they're finding these guys and they're signing them to long term deals. 
so that yeah. you know when they make it pro too that's when they're going to get all their money back but oh i think yeah, nobody's preparing these guys for the guys that are going to come out of the woodworks and sign yeah. them to these deals that aren't even favorable there should yeah, be some no, coaching on that I, you know what I, I haven't i haven't even there's only one kid i know who's gotten a favor like had an agent get him a deal but I haven't even really got into those details right now because, like, right now it's like it's about the football and I'm yeah. trying to get the habits. Because, like I said, like we're a super young team and it's like pro habits, all right? Pro habits. That's all I'm pumping the pro habits, pro habits, pro habits, pro habits. Yeah. Now I, I find it very personal to go ask them about what they're making and, and stuff like that. But there was one kid and I just laugh and joke with him and we, we got that type of relationship that we can just get to the degree about what's going on outside and. I think, yeah, it is, a, it is a shit show. And I hope that people are privy to not signing any fucking deal. If I was a college, if I'm a five-star, uh, knowing what I know now, or as a fucking parent, right, and some agent says, hey, why don't you sign with me? I'll get you signed a bunch of deals. I'm like, fuck no. Yeah. I, you know how I do it? I'd be like, hey, okay, get us some deals first, then we'll think about it. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, if you understand the agent business anyway, especially with most agents, I'm not speaking of all of them, but a lot of them, if they say, hey, hey I can get you sort of a certain deal with a Chevrolet dealership, there's kickback to that agent for getting that deal. Oh, yeah. So the fact that they're going to double back later on and get some payback for that is where, you know, as parents, they got to be more privy to you. And some of these parents are just as bad as the agents, bro. Shopping their kids out. It's bad. It's, it's fucked really up. Fucked you know what bad. athletes should be asking for is a percentage of the agent's overall business. Yeah. Yeah. If I sign this yeah. deal, I also get equity in your business. We're partners. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yo, what about uh, Fitzsota University creating cr- curriculum for college athletes to be better at life? I would love if we ever get big enough to be able to help create yeah. that curriculum. Yeah. Yes. I'm all for that. I think Fitzsota needs to fucking get on every campus in America, to be honest. I agree, bro. Let's go. Yeah. It's, hey, I'm Coke, if you're listening... Do a distribution deal with us and give us a hundred yeah. million so we can change yes. the game. All right, real quick, I want to tell you about something that I absolutely love, and that is fit soda. Soda's great, everyone loves to drink it, but it's not good for you. It's gonna make you fat, it's gonna get you obese, it's gonna rot your teeth and cause all kinds of health problems along the way. Fit soda gives you all the pleasure of that beautiful, sparkling, tasty drink, but without all the negative side effects. Fit soda has zero calories. It's also a hydration drink. It is loaded with branch chain amino acids for recovery and electrolytes for hydration comes in four amazing flavors. You got the orange cream, you got the root beer float, you got the cherry cola and the sparkling citrus. By the way, guilt-free soda, zero calories, stick a little vodka in there. You got a delicious cocktail. It's a great mixer. I'm telling you, this stuff is fantastic. Stop drinking soda right now. Stop adding to that waistline. Stop rotting your teeth and causing all the internal problems that soda does cause. Fit soda, number one, is absolutely delicious and it's good for you. Okay, we got we got about six minutes left. Um, we got two more picks. Al- Alabama versus University of Who Cares. Because uh, Alabama is going to absolutely destroy Louisiana Monroe. Um, I do have to say Alabama, Texas last week was one of the funnest college football games I've seen in a long time. Uh, yeah, Alabama's going to roll. Roll tide. Especially after all the penalties, you know. And, and Bro, Alabama 17? Plays. Was it 17 total penalties? The most in the Nick Saban era? And how many were in the first half? <laughs> Bro, like 10. 12? <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, 12, 10 or 12. Double digits. I mean, 
I mean, you know, that's all you know, that's all they've been talking about all week. They're gonna come out next week. They ran suicide. Someone died on practice. Someone died at practice on Monday. They ran suicide oh, yes. until someone died. After oh, yeah, sure. It was one of the someone walk-ons, break. so they didn't talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, Alabama's going to come out and put on a crispy performance, man, because, yeah. you know, as you know, we're all starting to get into SEC schedule soon, so shit. It, after that, they, they, they escaped. They're lucky. Alabama are very, very I think they should have lost again. Again, they didn't, and so should have. But, like, yeah, that missed field goal from 20 yards, the safety, which should have gone Texas's way, and Texas loses yeah. their starting quarterback, and their backup was hurt the entire game. Alabama yeah. squeaked one out. Yeah, they did. Lucky, very fortunate. But, yeah, I think Alabama tying up. They dodged a bullet. Shit. I think, man, I mean, the fact that Texas aren't ranked after that performance, too, I think that's kind of fucked up. That is janky. Did you guys yeah. lose any rankings? Uh, I didn't pay attention. Yeah, we dropped. We dropped to twenty-four. Who you guys got this week? We have a uh, Miami coming in. Coming in, okay. Miami have been having a pretty decent showing this year. Uh, they're ranked number thirteen. Well, ranking don't mean shit, you know. Uh, That's why I've been trying to tell Miller on this fantasy football stuff. His projections yeah, and rankings. You know, like That's because I fucking like, owned you last week, bro. <laughs> I dominated you. College football, like you gotta understand the finer details of what's going on with the team. You gotta look at the, the group, seniority, uh, how they're performing. You know the details of how they're winning games. Like, like you said, someone can blow someone out forty-two to seven, but you know they didn't look crispy and sharp. So when they're coming in the next week, it's like, all right, how much do you really, really trust? Them? They put up points on offense, but the defense can't stop nobody. You know what I mean? Yeah, they're two and zero. Offense is averaging 60 points a game, but, you know, fuck, defense is giving up 35 points a game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Okay, so uh, biggest pick of the week, which is my dogs. Let's go, dogs. Let's go, boys. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> they should be ranked number one. I think we're going to go back to back. Uh, at South Carolina, the Gamecocks, the worst mascot in history. Uh, I got Georgia over the Gamecocks in South Carolina. Yeah, South Carolina have been disappointing, especially the kid Spencer Rattler. You know who he is? Remember the um, the QB documentaries they used to do on Netflix? You ever seen those? Yeah, yeah. QB one, he was on one of those. Oh, you're uh, talking about this, like uh, Second Chance or whatever that was? Um, uh, uh, it was. It was last. Ter- was it last chance? You had yeah, last, last, last chance. Um, actually, Jake Fromm. Remember Jake Fromm? The, Jake Fromm was on the yeah. original one. Jake Fromm was on the original one. Yo, because he came he came to Oklahoma and looked really good. Like, I didn't like re- him. Really promising. I didn't like him. And do you know why I didn't like him? Because he's kind of soft? But he was, yes. In the high school QB1 documentary, there was little things I saw that I didn't like. You know, like when you see someone's character early, and yeah. like, they're mature, but you like, but that shit you was, you know, like, I don't like kids that are, that are that to full himself because the thing is about football. Football, as you know, football will humble you quick. And when you go from high school to college, is an adjustment. Then when you go from college to the pros, is an adjustment. And like, just the way he carried himself, and I get the cameras was on him, and it was a documentary about him, so he had to feel like he... He just looks like, soft, too. Huh? He just looks soft, too. Yeah, yeah, there's something about him. I, I just, I wasn't sold on. So when he got to Oklahoma and he lost the, the battle, I could see him pouting, right? And... And he transferred out. So I was kind of excited. Like, okay, let's really see what this guy can do. He's in the SEC now. He's at a South Carolina team. He should really win this quarterback battle easy. 
you know, okay, say you've been hired, done at Oklahoma, you have an opportunity to do something. And I'm not impressed. I'm, I'm not impressed. So well, neither am I. He's gonna. He's about to get stomped by the dogs. Yeah, it's about to be a rough show. And, and they, they Let's go, boys. Well, my boy Uga. We'll my, my boy Uga is gonna show out and show up. Yeah, the dogs uh, look like a well machine right now. Yeah, they look so good. Um, we might repeat. Uh, so, yeah, you bro. you disagree with that? I don't know. Hey, I don't think you beat Alabama twice, though. <laughs> I do. I think it's, it's going to be a magical season. Uh, <laughs> when you have a 7-foot-5, 400-pound tight end who runs like a gazelle. Hey, I don't know. Can we I don't... finally have – I'm, co- I'm working with the Titans this year, and I've been talking to the guys, and I've especially talked to them about number zero. And I'm like, is there is this is this the time we finally see a tight end go number one overall in the draft? Could this be? Ooh, good question. I want to say Could yes, be? just because it's biased. Because I'm I, I'm such a diehard Georgia <laughs> fan. But like, I it's mean, a biased podcast is not. It's not <laughs> <laughs> I'm inc- I'm incredibly uh, uh, leaning towards that 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 idea. But yeah, I mean, dude, the guy the guy is a is a once in a lifetime. Uh, not once in a lifetime, but he's he's sort of changing that the idea of that position, and he's so big and so strong. He's an anomaly. And you, and you know, you know what's crazy, guys? And athletic. I don't know how he doesn't go. I don't know how the conversation, or, or if like if he wins the Heisman, I don't know how, or if he can win the Heisman if he gets enough catches and enough output. I don't know how he's yeah. not in that conversation. And you know what the crazy part is? He's not even the best tight end in the room. That's, that's crazy. Bowers. They have three studs in the tight end room. Yeah. They have three of the top ten tight ends. Do they? Hey, I will tell you this though about about Texas A&M. In about a year or two, people better watch out. We have a young, talented, hungry team. I love your coach too. I love Jimbo. I love yeah, sure. Jimbo's a man. Yeah, yeah, bro. Brock's the is he considered the uh, or Bowers is yeah it's Brock uh, is he considered yeah. the number one tight end in the country right now? Yep. Yep, dude's a beast. Kids are, kids are freak, man. They got listen. They got three studs over there. He's one of those guys too. You talk about leadership. Talk about a guy who's always probably in the weight room, always putting in the extra work, always just showing up and being humble, keeping his head down. Yeah. Uh, they talked about his work ethic coming out of high school, just how much he spends time in the gym and working on his game and working on being more explosive and working on being a better player. Uh, yeah. It's work, man. There's no secret to it, and, and I think a lot of the you know. Uh, let me speak briefly on this. Uh, and I say a lot around here, ranking and star ranking is probably the worst thing to ever happen to football players in America. But I mean, it's a complete false sense of what football is about. Because a kid who's a five-star believes that it's destined for him to be an NFL player. And I tell these guys all the time, I've seen it time and time more again in the NFL where a guy might come from a Michigan or uh, Michigan State, or, or USC, and then you got the kid from Southern, you know, the kid from Liberty, and the kid from the big school thinks it's a given that he's going to make the team, right? Mm, yeah. He'll come as a rookie and he'll wear his school gear, right? He'll wear his <laughs> Michigan hoodie, you know, around the building, and this kid from Grambling, mind you, he's wore the same shirt, so it's all raggedy, right? And... But he understands the work, like you just said, the work, the work he's been putting in because he wasn't ranked or he was a two-star. No one gave a piss about it, right? And so he had to take whatever 
was giving out free ride to school. And then when he got to that school, he had to eat and he had to eat whatever he can. He didn't have, you know, he didn't have luxury dinners or... Uh, yeah, they, they, they developed that like Spartan mentality, right? Like, yeah, they just got a Spartan mentality. So when they get to the NFL, where it's literally, I don't give a fuck what you did in college, what can you do for me lately? And the guy from the small school's like, I'll tell you what I can do for you lately. I can fucking work my ass off, shut the fuck up, and just get this fucking playbook down. Whereas the other kids worried about the other shit, right? Hey, let me post my Instagram post to show everyone that I'm playing on the team. And let me, <laughs> you know, I want, I want to get my outfit right for the game and all that shit. Who are three of your top examples of guys like from the Jerry Rices of the world to the Cooper Cups who uh, played at like a smaller school and became dominant in the NFL? Ooh. Well, I, 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 I wouldn't say dominant, but one of the guys that sticks in my mind all the time when I think about this is, a guy named Usama Young. Usama Young played safety. I believe he played for Cleveland. He played for the Raiders. He was with the Raiders when I drafted. And he was actually one of the first vets to actually put that grown man shit like that, talking to me about life and things we need to get done and taxes and stuff like that. And Usama Young, I don't know if you'll ever hear this, but like, I want to say thank you because he was, he was that first presence I ever saw in the NFL who was talking life and real shit and, other shit over the football. And he went to Kent State, small school. And he was in year 12, I believe, or 11 when I got in the NFL. You know, and, and so he's one of those guys who stick in my mind so much because I'm like, because he wasn't a star, but he wasn't, but he was a fucking star and he was a beast and he was a professional. That's the best way I can put it. He was a pro. Mm. He wasn't about the hoopla. He didn't care about the highlights and the, the, the notoriety. He just wanted to come in, play, make his, do his job, get paid, take care of his family and be a good man, you know? So he's definitely one of those examples I use uh, straight away. I love that. Uh, you know who's one too is uh, that immediately popped into my head was Randy Moss. Randy Moss? Uh, underrated <laughs> in high school. Play, played at Marshall. Um, yeah. And just came into the league with that work ethic, that West Virginia work ethic, work ethic, yeah. and just, just uh, crush it. Yeah. You know, it's like when you play at like place like West Virginia, you come outside and it's freezing, and you still got to practice. You know what I mean? Like, you know, now now everywhere's got domes now, so the kids don't even know what it's like to play in the elements and soft, shit, you know? fucking if, soft. If it gets too cold or too hot, they go inside. You know what I mean? If it rings, they go inside. They don't know about getting some work in the rain. Soft. You know what I mean? Yeah, not so. being able to feel your fingers. Yeah, I practice. Fuck. Uh, Well, Menelik, let's go Aggies this week, right? Let's go Texas A&M. Let's go Aggies, man. Let's go. I didn't didn't get my pick in for Texas, Miami. I got Texas A&M. I think think it's an incredible program. I think think it's a close game, but I think uh, Jimbo's going to get everybody ready, and I think Texas A&M upsets Miami. That's my pick. Yeah. put two grand on it, Matt. Matt, two grand. I get A&M, you get Miami. <laughs> you take the bet? Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> you taking it? Oh, God. Uh, oh. Hey, Matt, Matt's getting tell ready. He looks embarrassed. Tell him that you want your money in clean, crisp hundreds. <laughs> clean crypto, dude. Clean crypto I 100s. Want Aggie coin. <laughs> Aggie coin. Let's go. Well, man, like, we appreciate you, bro. Uh, good luck this Thank week. You, man. Yeah, tear it up. You. And we appreciate you, brother. Thank you, guys. All right, man. It's good seeing you again. Nice to see you too. All right, see yeah, you, bro. Good seeing you, dude. The good stuff. Yeah, That's right. Vaughn into the windup in his first offering. Just a bit outside. This is a Fitzoda Media podcast. Please stay hydrated. <laughs> <laughs>